Michael, this is a bit strange for me now because I think 100 years ago, I remember that when you turned pro, it was at the Europa Hotel. Um, yeah. I was that, there, yeah. and I think the first pictures that you took that were taken of you swinging a golf club were with my old three iron. <laughs> I don't remember that, but <laughs> I do remember the Europa, actually. I do remember that, yeah. Seems a long time yeah, ago now, good. doesn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. But uh, it does, yeah. Um, it, when, Michael, does it feel like a long career? Do you feel like you've had a long career? Yeah, I mean, it's almost like I um, feel like you're like three different, three or four different people, you know, because your life changes so much. As you get older, you know, um, you sort of mature. And then if you have kids and stuff and, you know, you, you feel like you're three or four different people throughout the career. Um, definitely, you feel like at the start in 2002 there, you feel like just this young kid who's, you know, obviously excited and then a few years into you sort of get beaten up by the, the lifestyle and the game and then you you mature and then you um, change as you get more responsibility and then you sort of learn about your golf swing and you mature yeah it's everything just uh, lots of different people throughout that 20 years yeah Michael um, you, you've made the decision to step away um, and, and go down a, a different career route in terms of the refereeing mm -hmm. Yep. Was, was it a tough decision? Has it been a long time coming when you think about it? Um, most, mostly, it's sort of in, in 20, 2019, um, I uh, had a category where um, I was playing your mentor and challenge tour. And then um, at the, uh, I always knew that you don't have that much time left to try and get back on mentor because <clears throat> even if you get a category on mentor, you got to keep your card to get a proper category for the year after. So that's a two year process. There's no quick way back on. So you think, well, right, you're getting close to 40. It takes it's going to take two years to get back if you can play great at the right time. So that's, you know, you're 42 and then the guys are younger and better and the game's a bit more one dimensional. So, yeah, probably around 2019, I was thinking about it um, quite a bit, but I still knew my body was 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 pretty good then. So I thought, right, well, I need to try and keep going whilst the body's good. But um, it, it's also hard to look forward to playing Challenge Tour, as everybody, everyone knows. It's hard to look forward to that when your expenses are still, you know, 40,000 euro a year and and the money is extremely small. And that that's a hard thing to look forward to. So the end of 2019, I spoke to, um, through my committee, through, through being on the European Tour Committee, um, I'm just going to sit down here, um, I spoke to one of the guys and I said, Was there, would there be any opportunities within the, uh, you know, tournament administrator, referee um, side of things? And he said, not at the moment, but there might be in the future. I suggest just trying to get your head in the rules book, trying to learn as much, ask as, and just show in, an interest. So at the qualifying school in 2019, just really unlucky. It was, it was getting, you know, one of those weeks where I actually um, made three seconds, stage, got the final stage and actually just got a bit sick again, which was just, you know, it's the worst timing for a qualifying school, but such a depressing week as well. I mean, you've never felt negativity in your life as you have, have if you're down in Tarragona in November, it's cold and people just 
<laughs> don't think anyone wants anyone to play well, really. It's just the most negative place in the world, as a lot of people know. So I um, missed the cut there and was really gutted by that. But instead of going home straight away, my flights were expensive anyway. And I said, um, I think I booked a flight for the Monday after it. So I was just going to stay there. And I thought, right, I'm going to show some interest here. I'm going to ask the tournament director, Zamora. Snotty wasn't doing that tournament, but I asked the tournament director, like, would you mind if I sat in the buggy and learned a bit with the guys at the weekend? I don't want to get in anyone's way because they're doing their job, but just show, showing an interest. So early in the morning, at 8 o'clock in the morning, sat with one of the referees, Ben, really nice guy, and uh, um, he showed me how to set up, to set up, you know, team markers, pin positions, and actually stemmed a few greens. So it was the first time in my life that I actually stemmed a green and measured the green speed. And then he just talked about Rillings just went through a few drops from TV. I say TV, I say TV towers. There are a couple of TV towers at Cusco. And if you talked about marking at the golf course, all the things that you don't see about as a player. So that was good. And I thought that was good to show an interest, but I didn't know what that was going to lead to in the future. I thought, well, I might say wasting your time here, but something that I'm interested in doing. And a great group of guys. So did that for two days, actually. And then, then, then just flew home after that. But I thought, right, that's good. And then, then 2020 was a South Africa was tough at the start of that year because um, I didn't do good. And then the whole sort of whole year was wiped out. Yeah, but yeah, so um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, there was coming sort of maybe the end at that Q school then. I, I had plans for it. But then the fine, I don't think the tour was in a great position financially. I spoke to, David Garland at the Irish Challenge last year, actually down in Port Marnock Links. I actually got a phone call and I said, look, don't know what to do here. Not sure. um, would there be any, opp any opportunities? And he said, um, uh, if you get this level two RNA exam, you could potentially do Q school at the end of the year. That was last year, but then they canceled Q school. And I thought, well, can't really be asking for a job at this stage when the tour had actually... Um, restructured and, and um, fired 65 staff so it's like well how can I be demanding a job when a lot of people have lost their jobs so I just forgot about it then and, and that forced me to I say it forced me at this I wanted to play last year and then impressed myself a bit with some some of my results last year after speaking to him I forgot about it and then I've been preparing for the season a bit I've been going to the gym a bit uh, in January and then just got a phone call from him saying do you want to do an interview and I said it didn't take me long to say yes definitely because um, you know I, I, thinking about the next 15 years not the next two years so everything went really well you know well, it was a case of it was a case of you were battering away in our January and you got a call <laughs> for, yeah, for an option yeah. and you looked out the window and you thought you know what? Oh, maybe this, maybe this is karma. Um, so released from captivity. <laughs> yeah, that's a question I was going to ask you. In is a way, he, yeah. Is he yeah. urge? Is he urge? Is he urge Michael to to practice? Was that still there? Yeah, at times, but not enough. I wasn't putting enough into it because I was busy picking the kids up from school and trying to do stuff with them, and um, not getting that much time. And then with the weather being becoming a fair weather golfer after sort of 24 years in good weather a lot of the time you you struggle here to to motivate yourself sometimes and I wasn't getting enough time wasn't really at times I was into it but I wasn't just doing enough consistently basically yeah 
Yeah. So, and, and Michael, what's, I suppose you could have looked at other routes. You could have done a bit of teaching. You could have maybe gone down the commercial side of it. Um, you know, would it be fair to say that you quite love being around the tour and being involved in the tour, that whole family? You feel part of that family? Yeah, it's more, I don't think so much it's a family now with players and caddies because it's, it's, it's selfish and ruthless. In the old days, like a lot of the Irish would have, they still go out to dinner, but it would have been way more of a family back in the day, you know, with a lot of characters like Walton and and um, guys like that, you know, Christy Jr. They would have stuck together. Now it's just, it's more of an individual game. You know, people are more, it's just quite selfish. And, and But the, I think the referee, the uh, tour operations, the referees are, are very much a family because they're spending all the time together and trying to help each other out with rulings and, and course set up and everything like that. So I think they've been a great bunch of guys. And I always thought that they were a really good group, a really good group of people. But um, no, it's not just that, that I thought my whole life was tour, you know, I felt like, well, you don't have, you know, you don't have qualifications. It's not, it's not easy just to jump into teaching. You got to, pretty much have to like own a driving range almost now you know so many guys like have exclusivity to driving ranges plus like if you don't also if you don't have pga i tried to give a few lessons actually uh, with johnny foster in 2020 I tried to look into it and it's, it's difficult like anything it's not that easy you got it it takes years of experience you know and you can't just think oh because i played at a high level i'm going to sweep in now and do all these lessons and make loads of money it doesn't work like that you gotta so i didn't think that uh, suited me however i might you know try and do a little bit but i you know have some, some weeks off but um yeah. i and then the a lot of players go into the management group side of things like i just didn't think that was um i just didn't want to be booking flights for guys on a friday night on ryanair <laughs> <laughs> which is a lot of it yeah know? and yeah. um hand yeah, how are you going to get sponsorship for people now? Unless they're like a Tom McKibben yeah. or, or young and, and you're not going to get sponsors. And that's one thing I didn't have. See, I didn't have sponsors, you know, the last few years as well. So you're spending your own money to travel, which is a lot, it's a lot harder as well. Okay. So, Michael, um, before we go on to a few sort of quick questions, um, you know, is this, do you think this is you and Tour Golf set to one side or, you know, could we see Michael Hoey Seniors Tour? Don't know about that. Um, I'll just have to, I want to obviously settle into this and try and be good at it. That might take a couple of years to be, to learn everything and be actually be pretty good at it. So do that first. So it's only like seven years to go, but um, uh, maybe, I, I don't know. I don't know if you would be allowed to take a year out. I don't even yeah. know. I yeah. mean, um, it's so hard to get on the, you know, the Champions Tours, like three spots a year. I mean, Robert yeah. Carlson and Tom Chai JD had to qualify. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And they had to get Theo. So that's unbelievably hard to get on. The The Legends Tour is still not that much bigger than Challenge Tour prize funds. Okay. So it's it's not, you know, you obviously got like the Open, Seniors yeah. Open, they're really, really big events, like $4 million. And uh-huh. um, when you get most of them are three or 400,000. So they're actually uh, quite small. That's it. Not easy to make a living if you're planning those, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah. You know, I off, I thought it was funny when I heard that you were uh, going down the rules route because I thought to myself Michael's uh, been involved in a few rules issue over his time. Uh, yeah. Bad yeah. luck here or bad luck there. Now, now he's poach, poacher turned gamekeeper. 
it's not an easy life out there, Michael. The, it can be, you know, it's you're sitting no. out there 12 hours in a day, you're having to go and give yeah, rulings, yeah. and you're going to be giving yeah. rulings to yeah. people that you know. It could be an interesting one. Yeah. Well, fortunately, um, oh, definitely, I know like quite a few of the guys, but I'll also, there's not that many guys like me left. I mean, I was, I was second oldest last year on Challenge Tour by one month. <laughs> so, Stuart Manley's actually the oldest this year. So, you know, 43 is the oldest. So, yeah, a lot of young guys I don't know. But, now nah, you got to be professional and take emotion out of it and just give the facts. But I always, when a referee came over to me and I asked him the situation, I always just, um, sometimes you, you got to just take it on the chin, the fact that it's it doesn't go in your favour. But uh, I always just respected just their just the, the evidence and their knowledge, you know, I wasn't trying to be emotional about it, yeah. but yeah, like if you get, like we all know this, it's one of the hardest games in the world. And, and um, if you're, if a player's not doing well, or if they're near the cut line and if there's um, say an embedded ball and it's borderline, whether it's actually embedded or not, that's a tough decision. Um, I had one with Mickelson actually in Singapore. I didn't get a referee over because I just said, Phil, what do you think? And, and it was really, almost embedded but just in Bermuda grass and he just said it was funny he just said I just think you got screwed with a lie you know and I was just like you, you just have to take on the chin sometimes but um yeah just as you know when even when snotty you know friends with snotty when snotty's giving me rulings and you just can't be emotional about it you just say that's it like just no relief so you just have to just uh Get on with Take it on the chin and suck it up, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just time. talking about Mickelson, that's a couple of quick questions that I want to get through with you. Okay. So yeah. best, best player you played with? Um, well, I played with Rory when he was world number one as well. And he was you know, incredibly, uh, like 2012, he was incredibly impressive. Um, I played with Jack Nicholas, but I was just nine holes in a practice round. But yeah, he was right up there, Mickelson, but he had a bad, uh, he had a bad day that day in Singapore. He was... Um, I think there was quite a lot of uh, appearance money for oh, him yeah. to, to oh, be yeah. there, you know. Um, your best win, Michael, and this is different from, I want you to your best win, but your best performance, because they're not always the same. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, best win first. Yeah, it was the Dun well, That was, you know, it was the Dunhill links, definitely, because, um, you know, the field was strong field and um and you know I, the back nine i played the back nine really well scored very very well and um just when i needed to really so that was that was definitely uh obviously the best one definitely um and your best performance i think you know, morocco was good golf at the weekend i remember the two two seven unders at the weekend two sixty fives actually 67 65 65 the last three rounds and um I just felt like I was swinging it really. I was swinging it really good at the weekend that week. Oh. Um, chipped very well, so it was probably best. For, but I think my first win in Portugal was um, was uh, huge because that gave me the the winners category. Then and just good chance of staying on tour if you've got that winners category. Was if I hadn't have um, well, if I'd finished second, it would have been okay because I would have kept my card. But if I hadn't have gotten the playoff. Then I might not have been a, been yeah. able to win the Dunhill links, you know. So Portugal was that was massive as well. Yeah. Um, the best thing <laughs> about being on tour. <laughs> um, no, I think um, the thing I liked about it uh, was 
Um, I always said the best thing about it was probably the winter time when you go to you know South Africa or Middle East or like Asia. You know, just the weather in the winter time when it's when you know it's long winters here, when it's miserable here, and you get to go there. That, that for me was the best bit about it. Not even so much in the summertime because I thought the weather was good here. Yeah. And you're constantly flying around Europe, and it's very hot in Europe. You're like, oh, I'd rather yeah. be be playing back home. But definitely winter golf. That's amazing, and the comp- the thrill of competition and uh, journeys in the winter for me definitely. So, and the post that, what was the worst thing about it? Worst thing about it, right? Um. Just not being able to get a, to sometimes, um, yeah, when everyone's on the same flight and you can't get away from people, you know, caddies, you might have like 70 guys on the same flight and you've just seen them all week long. And, um, you know, in the lift at four in the morning, going to the golf course, there's, there's players there and you're like, and curse the car to the course. Da, da, da. And it's almost the same, you know, small talk where you staying this week. Uh, what, what airline are you flying? Where are you staying? <laughs> Absolute rubbish. And that's quite hard to sort of feel like you can ever escape that. It's different as a you're working for the tour because you're you're a bit more you're separate yeah. to that and you're not on the same flights. But that's quite quite hard to. It feels like you're in, um, a, in a bubble all the time. Yeah, you can't get yeah, away from it. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure a lot of like I'm sure a lot of some jobs are like that. But yeah, that that's actually quite claustrophobic almost feeling you know yeah. okay good one then. yeah and michael um yeah. you know which part of your game when you look back at it was the strongest part of your game what what part of your you know you don't compete for as long as you without being good so what was a strong part of your game recently actually the last few years it definitely uh, driving the ball been driving it well at the start not so much with the driver but in general, the driver was was pretty good. It was pretty straight. Um, and the chipping, actually, well, think about it now. Um, you know, my chipping, the last few years, my chipping was very good. Um, and at the start, I always was able to kind of, the little shots around the green where the ball uh-huh. sat down, uh, your bad line, you had to use different techniques to yeah. and the right club choice. And a bit of links practice really growing up on courses around here. Play those shots at Dunhill Link, you know, little, some bumping runs, some spinners, tight lies, that all that stuff you take for granted. Whereas a lot of some of the European guys growing up on more perfect conditions where the ball sits up and they just play everything sort of bog standard and they don't have the little uh, nuances and all that. So I think for me, chipping, driving the ball probably on chipping, it was inconsistent with the putter. Uh, and um, some of the short irons weren't as good as I wanted. And finally, in this quick one, um... What was the whose game or what part of whose game would you have taken during your career? What was, or, or say when you were at your high point and playing yeah. well, done the links and you were looking around, whose game or what part of whose game did you want? Yeah, a lot of, yeah, I, well, a lot of players, but I used to watch G Max putting, you know, that was a big thing. His phenomenal putter, just the way the, the rhythm of the stroke, the role he put on the ball, because he used to have his line on the ball kind of on sideways, not that way, but actually to the side. And this thing would be rolling end over end so good. And I played with him French Open, actually, when he, when he won, that was 2014. Uh, the putting display is incredible, but he used to do that all the time. His routine, and mentally, his routine, the strike, the technique. Um, Tim for the putting, definitely. Probably like Rory for a... Um, <clears throat> Not just driver, but like maybe a long iron 
back in say 2012 he was incredibly impressive I always used to pick different people I mean the start used to be like Ernie Chipping Ernie Ells or Fallows Rhythm I have so many guys over the years yeah. but when you play with someone like that yeah he's a G-Max putting or Luke Donald's putting as well that was pretty phenomenal when I played with him yeah, yeah. and yeah. Finally, finally Michael uh, in terms of yeah. players that, that you you think are going to do well. You mentioned Tom there. You know Tom quite well. He's doing race. He's doing so yeah. well now in the Challenge Tour. What do you think yeah. of his chances? Yeah. Oh, it's good. Very good. 19 years old. I mean, yet yeah, yesterday shot five under. Going to watch it today and just see how he does. Um, I mean, 10 under, what, second round last week? Shot 10 under par. Um. It's a great chance. It's just so bunch, but it's it's hard. It's it's hard. I was lucky. I mean, it was definitely to break through. It was it was a lot easier. Like saying like um, early two thousands, it definitely was a lot easier to break through. Now there's so many guys at the same level. I mean, um, I got I, I go through. Uh, I reckon there was only fifteen really good players on Challenge Tour in like two thousand and two. There's only fifteen proper players, and almost all of those guys finished top fifteen. Now, if you go through an entry list and challenger you, and you look down, you see there's actually about 70 proper players. And there's probably 30 guys that you've never heard of before. That's their first year that I'd never heard of. Like last year on challenger, Marcus Helicula. Never heard of him before in my life. Wins it, makes 200,000 last year. Three wins. There, there's guys like this pop up all the time from European countries. So it's definitely much harder. There's a lot more depth. Um, but yeah, Tom, I mean, game's good. I mean, a lot of a lot of it is just uh, you know holding the putts. Hits the ball long. He does everything well. He just hold a few putts last week. Chris Offrey's told me he obviously carried his carrying for him at the moment. So yeah, but it's it, it's harder now. You look at PJ. I look at PJ Tour and Corn Ferry Tour, and I just see all the guys like Ben Ann playing Corn Ferry Tour. He was top fifty in the world. Peter Uline playing Corn Ferry. Got him. You know, there's Charles Schwartzel is not doing much damage. You know. Um, there are so many guys who are um, trying to get there now. It, it's it's a lot higher standard. I'm sure you know that. You've you've seen that over the last while as well. Michael, brilliant. Thanks very much, and, and really good luck with the okay. uh, good luck with everything else that that's going good. on. And uh, as yeah, always, thanks thanks for the chats over the career. Yeah, no problem, Paul. That's good. Yeah, thanks. See woo, shaking that ass. Shaking that ass, shaking that ass. See woo, shaking that ass, shaking that ass.